continuing our Bible study, going through the book of Revelation, Revelation 17. Uh, this is the 33rd uh, message out of Revelation. I think there's more of them because I had multiples of them that I, I was in the same lesson for multiple weeks, but uh, I didn't keep track of them all well. Uh, but anyway, so I've got them down as 33, uh, Revelations chapter number 17. Go ahead and join me in standing, and we will read verse 1 and 2. Uh, I'll read verse 1, join me on verse 2 of Revelation chapter 17 and verse 1. The Bible says, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we open your word, teach us, lead us, guide us. Uh, help us, Lord, to understand uh, the mysteries that your word holds. And I pray that you would just challenge us as we learn uh, to be able to communicate truth to others. Uh, so help us to be a vessel that you can use for your glory. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. You can be seated. And so here, Revelation 17, we're going to be looking at the judgment of the great whore. Now, with that, let's not get offended by the word that God chose. Okay, this is a Bible word. Okay? Uh, it is an offensive word. It is a despicable word. It is a descriptive word. And that's how God chose to get our attention. So here as we go through this and we will use this, this word, and though it is an offensive word, it is meant to put that connotation on the woman that is here in this chapter. So don't shy away from it. Uh, it's not, not a word that you're going to, I would hope that you would be using towards somebody but this is a word that God has used and has chosen to use to describe uh, someone here in the Scripture. So, who is this great whore of Revelation chapter 17? She is, an, she is a powerful, apostate, religious organization. She is representative of a powerful religious organization and that that is predominant in the world uh, and she is used uh, by Satan uh, by the Antichrist to bring about uh, bring power uh, to to Satan's end game to his plan now God on the other side is working as well and God has a way of taking whatever the devil does and turning it to bring glory to him. Think about Pharaoh. Think about how Pharaoh was attacking and hurting the people of God. And God said, I have raised you up 
to show my mighty power. God, God used Pharaoh, uh, who was injurious to the people of God, used him uh, as a chastening rod on one side, but then he turned after the chastening was over, and then he showed Pharaoh how big God is and how strong God is. And he, he declared that throughout the world. So uh, with this, we're going to look tonight. Uh, and this, this uh, uh, great whore, she uh, is going to empower 10 kings and, uh, the, with 10 horns uh, to bring about power uh, to uh, fulfill uh, or to further Satan's plan of elevating the Antichrist. And and it's a process that, that the religious kingdoms uh, will be used and then abandoned. And then we will see that Satan has a plan, but God has a bigger plan. And so uh, we're going to look tonight. John Butler has a three-point outline that works very well uh, for uh, this chapter, and so uh, use those main points tonight. Number one, uh, I want you to see the description of the whore, the description of the whore. Look again at Revelation 17 and verse number one. Revelation 17, 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. So here we see, first of all, the source. The source uh, it, that is bringing this information to John, who is the one that is writing down what God is revealing. Uh, it's not John's revelation, it's Jesus Christ's revelation. Uh, but John is the penman, and the, the angel that is communicating uh, to John is one of the angels, one of the seven angels that had the seven golden vials that we looked at last week that was poured out of the great wrath of God uh, upon on the earth. So the source of this information, this spiritual revelation that John is receiving uh, was from uh, this angel, one of those seven angels. We don't know which one. But what we see from this is what is a mystery God wants man to know. And God had one of the angels and sent one of those angels to John to take what was a mystery and to reveal it to him. Uh, we need God to reveal truth to us. But we have to be ready to receive it. John was ready to write. John was a vessel that was going to take what he was given and use it. Maybe in our study of Scripture, maybe we are not as enlightened as uh, we open up our Bible and, and people will tell me, well, Pastor, I don't ever get anything out of it, so I don't read it. I've heard that I don't know how many times. But the reality is the Spirit of God, if you are the, a child of God, the Spirit of God lives within you. And he wants to reveal truth to you. But we have to be a vessel that's looking for it. And so here this source, that angel, he comes and he reveals uh, the purposes uh, of God to John. Uh, so we see the source was the angel. The season, there was a time. God's plan always comes 
in His time. God's time and my time, they're different. Sometimes I think, well, God, I, I need you to do something right now. God doesn't. And it's not that God isn't listening. It's not that God doesn't care. But His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. He does not work on our time clock. He is outside time. God is not bound by time. We are, but God is not. And so this season here, uh, we find uh, in Revelation 17.1, he said, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment. So there was a revealing of God's plan. There was a season that God was uh, ready to do that. And over and over, you'll find the hour is come. Uh, We studied that on Tuesday in the men's Bible study uh, about the hour and uh, the time. God's time uh, is always perfect. So we see the source was the angel. We see the season. Uh, There was a time come hither, and I will show uh, and then uh, with that, we, we see also that Revelation, like the majority of the Bible, is not chronological. You know, when you read through it, you would think, okay, well, this came first, so this must have happened first. But it's not. Have you ever told a story, and you got into the story, and then, oh yeah, I need to tell you about the detail of this section here, and you go back, and then you reveal something else that happened. God didn't forget, but God chooses to give us truth, and it's not, it's not in alphabetic or in chronological order. Uh, has anybody ever read a chronological Bible? It is interesting, isn't it? You, you start going through the scripture, uh, and uh, the Bible will start in, uh, I think it's John 1.1. 1, 1. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and then it will go to uh, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created. So God was before the creation. In the beginning was the Word. And you start going through and seeing how things were laid out in chronology and what was going on at the same time. Very interesting, great way to study the Bible. And if you're interested, I do have a chronological Bible that I like, and I'll tell you which one that is if you're interested. But here you have this season. Then you have a sentence Uh, What is that sentence? The sentence, verse number one, tells us is judgment. Come hither and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore. There was was judgment coming. There was sentence uh, coming. Uh, and, And with this, we already looked at the judgments. So what does that tell us right now? That tells us that John 18... Uh, Revelation uh, 17 uh, precedes uh, uh, chapter 16, where the judgments were. And so uh, the, the uh, chronology of this. Uh, so he was, he was revealing this judgment and these judgments that were coming. Uh, so uh, that uh, the sentence was judgment. And the sentenced was the great whore. Uh, the one, uh, according to verse 1, that sitteth upon the waters. She sitteth 
upon the waters. Then look at uh, verse number 3, and we find also, So he carried me away uh, in the spirit unto the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And, and so, uh, let's see here. Uh, so we see that uh, there is he's, uh, this, this uh, woman sitteth upon the waters, but this woman is also sitting upon a scarlet beast. And so with this, we don't, is, the, is the beast in the water with the woman on, or is the, is the beast above the water, on the water? Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us that, but we, we know that uh, this, this imagery of the beast in or on the water with the woman on top of it, uh, it, is, it is revealing control. It is revealing power. Uh, and so the woman sitting on the beast, she had control of the beast. She was over the beast. Uh, so there was control there. There is authority there. Uh, there is power uh, uh, that she was on the waters, over the water there, uh, if you would. Uh, so we see the sentence. Uh, then we see the sin. Uh, Revelation 17, look at verse number 2. It says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the, war, uh, of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns. So uh, with this, uh, this apostasy in religion is often revealed as immorality. Do you remember when Israel would go after false gods? God called Israel an adulterous nation. They had committed adultery against God because God uh, was uh, Israel was uh, his and and that relationship was there and so there was a God likened it to being cheated on and so he used that that illustration of immorality uh, with that uh, relationship apostasy and religion is looked at in scripture as immorality he calls it fornication he calls her a whore. So what is that? It says that uh, uh, she hath committed uh, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So now you have the plurality of those relationships. And so that is where that term comes in. And, uh, and so there's that fornication, uh, the, the plurality. Uh, and then the Bible says that she was uh, they were drunk with the wine uh, of her fornication. And so you see in here, you see wine, you see drunkenness, you see immorality. They always go together. They always go together. Over and over again, you see drinking, drunkenness, and immorality. They're connected. 
And here God is just, this is just revealing another warning that God's people ought not be drinking. Why? Because of the danger of it. Uh, Not to mention all the warnings. I mean, he said, look not upon the wine when it is red, when it moveth itself aright. Uh, that fermentation process, that, that uh, wine, it's, it's not, juice does not become wine just because it's sat. It becomes wine when you add yeast. It is a purposeful decision. Just leaving grape juice does not make wine. Leaving grape juice leaves spoiled juice. So yeast in the Bible is a symbol of sin. I mean, it's just, there's so many things. And here you just see that, uh, how God likens this all together, the sin there. The subtlety in verse number four. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Uh, So here what happens, uh, this woman, this this great whore, uh, she looks good, she looks enticing, she looks powerful, she looks prosperous, She's decked with gold and precious stones, pearls. She has a golden cup. She is arrayed with purple and scarlet. Uh, The purple represents the the, uh, royal, it's a royal color. Then the scarlet uh, represents the blood, the cruelty, the blood of the saints as we will uh, look here. Uh, But uh, there was this false religion It looks good, but it's filthy. Filthy. And here, this false religion, it was, it looked prosperous and good, but it was full of cruelty, and that was that scarlet. It gave to men the abominations and filthiness. The power, prominence, prestige that she gave was to continue the filthiness of her actions. And, and this is, uh, it happens, uh, and we see this through this scripture here. It bred ungodliness. Sin breed, breeds sin. And that's, that's what we see here. Uh, so under the guise of religion, uh, there, there were impure motives, and they, those, those impure motives reign. Uh, false religion, the golden cup, it can seduce people into doing anything. Just stop and think about it. How many cults have there been over the, the decades And people have been swallowed up into a cult. And you think, how could they ever fall for that? But they do. And it happens over and over again. False religion, the cults, the immorality, the ungodly. 
So we see that subtlety. We see the, the city. Look at uh, verse number 5. And upon her, the whore, uh, upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. Now notice here, it's not Mystery Babylon. There's a comma. Mystery, Babylon the Great. So here, the mystery, up until this point, there has been a mystery. This angel that is speaking with John is revealing this mystery, and the mystery before unrevealed is now revealed. Babylon the Great is the mystery. It is what mystery had been withheld. Now it is being uh, proclaimed a mystery. Uh, so mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. So Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, that was the mystery and the abominations of the earth. So this religious organization, uh, this woman, this great whore, uh, she is representative uh, and uh, she is powerful. She represents uh, apostate, false religion. Uh, They're powerful. Uh, Who is the mother of harlots? So she has others that she has now Progenerated, and now there are more harlots because of her. It has continued. What is that telling us? This false religion, this apostate religion, has spread. Okay? So, so with that, it has spread, and they have spread their whoredom around the world, and it continues to spread. So we see the city, uh, which is uh, that uh, Babylon the Great. We'll go into this here in a minute. Uh, Then I want you to see the sickness. Look at verse number 6. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So here now John, he is seeing this, and as John is looking at this, and he has seen uh, this woman, uh, and she is drunken with the blood of saints, with the martyrs uh, of Christ, uh, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and here with that, uh, he has seen the sickness of this sin. I mean, it is just so, uh, so uh, forth. Uh, it's just put out there, uh, drunken with the blood. Uh, and you know the, the, how sick it is to be a part of something like that. Being a part of something that is martyring the believers and killing the saints. So this, this apostate false religion is guilty of murdering the saints. So, a very sick religion. So, he's, uh, she's drunk with the blood of the saints. 
So this city then, we see it's prosperous, it's powerful, it's pious, uh, the blasphemy that comes, uh, po- it's polluted, it persecutes. And so uh, the summary then of this uh, great whore is the power, prosperity, the pollution, and the persecution. And those are all descriptive words of this great whore of Revelation chapter 17. Uh, so we see the description of the whore. Then I want you to see number two, the defining of the whore. The defining of the whore. Revelation 17, look at verse number seven. We, we okay tonight? All right. Uh, so look at verse number seven. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. So now, Back up a little bit here to verse number six. At the end of the verse, when John is seeing this, he said, I wondered with great admiration. John was not at admiring uh, the great whore. John was this mystery. He was just amazed at what he was seeing. He was not understanding everything that he was seeing. And now that admiration, it was, it was a thoughtfulness. It was trying to figure this out. And now the angel is going to come back and he's going to explain, further explain, and he uses the word again, mystery. He's going to further explain the mystery of the woman and of the beast that had seven heads and ten horns. So John marveled at what he saw, and the angel had to explain. And there are things in the scriptures that we will see that you just marvel at. Okay, I'm not quite getting all of this. You know what we need? We need the Lord to explain. We just need him to open our eyes that we may see wonderful things out of that word. And uh, so John is marveling at that. Uh, So he's marveling at the woman. He's uh, marveling at that beast. Verse number eight, and the beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and shall go into perdition. And they that dwell upon the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Now, is that circular or what? And so here now, we look at this beast, and what do we find? We find that this beast, uh, this beast here, uh, it is uh, a city, it is powerful, and this city, uh, this powerful city, uh, it was uh, here at the end of the verse, it was, is not, and yet is. So we see the past, this city was, this great city it was, then present, this city is not. It's no longer here. But, and yet is. So in John's day, the city was not. But now in this revelation, in this revealing of what is to come, yet is. So this city, it was, it was destroyed, and it's coming back. 
We would call that the revived Roman Empire. So here, when we look at this, uh, this, this is, I believe, the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was. It was. It's historical. It was a city, it was or a, uh, a, uh, an empire, a powerful uh, empire. It is not. It was destroyed in 475. 475, 476, uh, Rome, the Roman Empire crashed. And then, yet is. It will be. It is going to be revived. And so, uh, this uh, beast... Uh, this satanic beast, it shall ascend out of the bottom, bottomless pit. Uh, the future of the beast, uh, it's going to go into perdition, hell. Uh, it's a hellish city, a satanically controlled city. Uh, the beast now, the Bible says that it had seven heads. Now, that's a beast. Someone has got seven heads is a beast. Uh, we were just talking, Brother Rick and I were just talking, something that has two heads is a monster. Uh, this that has seven heads, it is a beast, okay? And so this beast, it had seven uh, heads. Now, uh, look with me at verse number nine. It says, and here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven what? Mountains, all right? So we have this city, uh, and it is sitting on this this woman, uh, and this woman is sit, this religious organization, and then you have a beast, and the beast is a city, all right? And the, the woman is sitting on the beast, uh, and this beast is on, uh, it, on, it has seven heads, okay? And so uh, the seven heads are mountains on which the woman sitteth. So uh, you, ha- you have this uh, religious or- organization, idolatrous uh, uh, organization, and it is on these seven, uh, these seven mountains, Rome is historically known as the city that sits on seven hills. Rome is called the city that sits on seven hills. The, an ancient Roman poet, uh, his name was Sextus uh, Peretius, uh, spoke of Rome as the lofty city on seven peaks. That's why many believe that the woman, the great whore, represents the Roman Catholic Church. And when you start doing any type of symbolic looking or trying to see what would make sense, I can understand why people believe that. Uh, it, is, it is what I believe. And this beast, it had ten horns. Look at verse 12. We've got to hasten. You guys are going slow. All right, you got to hurry up. All right, verse number 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. So the ten kings that will reign in power, uh, the power is given to them uh, by the beast. So the ten kingdoms are empowered by the beast, uh, they say that this could be connected to the ten toes 
uh, in Daniel chapter number 2. So uh, Revelation uh, 17, 13, he said, These, talking about these ten kings, have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast, and the kings submit to the beast. Uh, So uh, here they're going to, these kings are going to submit to the beast, give their strength to the beast, their power to the beast, uh, and they will join the beast in making war against the lamb. Uh, Look at verse 14. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And you know what? Uh, Our Lord, uh, he is victorious. Uh, And so uh, here, he is Lord of lords and king of kings. Uh, They that are with him, they are called, they are chosen, uh, and they are faithful. Uh, So the beast, uh, the whore, they sat on the waters. Now look at verse 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So here we have plurality of people, the multitudes, the nations, the tongues. The great whore presided over, controlled multitudes, nations, tongues. All of the people of the earth. It wasn't a small group that this religious power had power over. So the plurality of people uh, that the whore presided over and controlled, there were multitudes of people. Now, did you know that the Vatican is its own country? It is not just a compound, it is its own country. They tried to join the United Nations and were not allowed to because they are completely controlled monarchy by the Pope. The power of the Vatican. Unbelievable. $300 billion is the estimated value. Three hundred billion. That is not including Catholicism. That is just in, just the Vatican. There are only eight hundred and nineteen residents of the country. How do you get that kind of money with eight eight hundred and nineteen residents? They say it goes up and down a little bit, but it's always under a thousand. And so here, what do we see? We see a religious organization that reaches all around the world. And reaching all around the world has power around the world, has power over kings. Doesn't that sound like that could absolutely be Roman Catholicism? Now, God didn't name who it was. But when you look at what God did give us, 
it definitely causes you to look that direction. Now, with that, that does not mean that everybody that is Roman Catholic is a horrible person, needs to be treated wrongly. We're just talking about the organization of this religion that has great power over multitudes of people. You know, I am excited about this year. I mean, I want to know him and I want to make him known. And there are a lot of people that have been deceived. There are a lot of people that have no understanding of God's ways. And I'm not saying get onto Facebook and start blasting Roman Catholicism. That's, that isn't going to help us have a, a inroad to tell the truth to people. We just need to love people, share the gospel, and do what we can to reach this world. And so here, this religion, this great whore, then we see lastly, and I'm done, uh, the discarding of the whore, verse 16 and 17. And the ten, king, uh, and the ten horns, uh, and that's the kings, which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Now, these ten kings that had been given power by uh, the, the, uh, the, the whore, now, they are, now that they are in power, now they are going to turn on uh, the uh, religious uh, system there, and they are going to hate it, and they are going to destroy it. And isn't that politics? They will do whatever they can to get in power, and they are not there to help you. They are there to help themselves. And that's exactly what happens here. Is this religious organization helps these kings get into power. And as soon as they're in power, they turn uh, on uh, the, the great whore. And so they hated the whore. She was a tool for their own uh, desire. So the judgment of the great whore. There are there are so many uh, uh, things that are in here that uh, can help us just get an idea of what's coming. Uh, we look at how big uh, the false religions of this world are, whether it's Catholicism or whether it's another religion, but. We do know that there is a, a world power, a, a religious, powerful organization that is, it, it is being used of Satan. And it has power over people and it is deceiving. And it will be a tool uh, of, uh, of Satan uh, and the Antichrist. And so the judgment of the great whore. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for our Bible study tonight. I pray that you would help us as we look into your word. 
just to, uh, to have a, uh, an understanding that we could answer questions and to be able to uh, try to uh, just stand for truth and convey truth to others. And so I pray that you'd bless us. Thank you for our people, uh, their willingness to be here tonight and to study the scriptures. And whether they're here or those online, help all of us tonight. Uh, so thank you for what you have done in our lives. And I pray that you give us safety as we travel our own direction home. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you. You have a good evening tonight. God bless you.